We've got exactly what everyone needs. Another yoga podcast. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. You decide. solo soul podcast today um and i've been trying to figure out what i'm going to talk about there's so many things that i uh want to say but i also don't want to just spit it all out at once and just kind of all over everyone that's listening so we'll see what happens we'll take it in chunks i guess um the first thing i want to go back to is what i talked to about on my first podcast boundaries and uh, how do you deal with your family during the holidays just like before sometimes the biggest challenge is resetting a boundary that you've already set when people cross it and keeping your composure as you reset it Uh, taking a breath pausing see if you can do it with kindness and compassion because sometimes people aren't intentionally trying to um, disrupt your happiness or poke at you in a way that um, makes you feel bad about yourself. Sometimes uh, things are so ingrained in our culture and everything is so internalized they don't even realize what they're saying. We were talking about this at the, at the, at the I'm stuttering, take a breath. We talked about diet culture and fat phobia seeping in especially around the holidays. Um, and as we were talking about it, we were flipping, we, we were at the holiday party, so we were having waffles and bacon. We had a waffle brunch for the holiday party, and it was fun. And we did a vision board, so we pulled out all these old magazines. And as we're talking about fat phobia and how to, like, disrupt that whole system, Hannah literally flips the page of a magazine, and there's a truck. I can't remember what brand of pickup truck, but a shiny new brand new pickup truck and it was an advertisement in the middle of the magazine and it said more muscle less fat so I just I was like there the fuck it is you guys there it is fat phobia now it's even in cars let your car look muscly not fat what the fuck you know so it's here it's alive it's kicking and if you are a denier that fat phobia and diet culture is in full swing you might have some internalized fat phobia and diet culture down there that it's so ingrained that you don't even know um, that you are a part of it because we are all swimming and if you live in the United States of America in North America um, I assume Canada and Mexico I don't know I imagine they've got some of our influence since we're slapping in the middle uh, between the two you know um, that it's it's there and maybe maybe you want to take a look at it maybe you don't uh, if you're tired of hating your body Uh, and yourself because you don't fit that cultural norm of perfection, then it's time you flip both birds to diet culture um, and fat phobia and start looking in the realm of self-acceptance as you are, as you stand right now. So, circling back, Mm -hmm. if, oh shit, there goes my phone, you guys. All right, it's Hannah, by the Mm -hmm. way. Let me mute. Let me put two not disturb because next thing you know, the phone will ring. Three minutes in, not so bad. Only one beep. Um, only a little bit of technology issues today, so that's great. Uh, now I lost my train of thought because um, it's not perfect, so now it's fucked up, right? <laughs> no. Uh, blow it out. Uh, per- uh, horse lips, ready? 
Okay. Circling back. So resetting boundaries, taking a breath, realizing that when you, uh, when has anyone come at you hot and heated and it's been a great interaction? You know, uh, it's one of the things one of my teachers uh, out in California said, like, we can have a side conversation. If you disagree with something that I say, okay, that is not a problem. But if you're going to scream at me and try to drag me out in public, I don't want to have a conversation with you. Let's step off to the side and let's have a conversation. We can disagree and neither of us has to change our mind. You can believe I'm full of shit. That's fine. I don't believe that I'm full of shit. I sometimes think that I'm full of shit. And the other half of the time, I know that I am fucking full of shit. So you can think whatever you want about people, right? Uh, and yourself. So if you can do that for you, you have to allow that for others. And people can. I feel like that's part of the problem uh, with people getting feral now. We don't have an allowance for other people because we don't have a tolerance for ourselves. So if we don't have tolerance for ourselves, then we don't have tolerance for others. Um, so that's the other thing, your window of tolerance. How big or how small is it for anything involving you or someone else? Do you have a big window of tolerance? Can you tolerate a lot of things or not? Neither right nor wrong, good nor bad, just what is it? And do you want to change it? Again, no one is required to do all of the work that Hannah and I talk about that we so feverishly jump into. No one's required to do that. Uh, so boundaries. How do you reset a boundary? without being a complete mm, bitch about things, right? Because you can come off, you can snap at someone easily. I know I can, especially when I get frustrated. If I have to tell you more than a handful of times the same thing, or please stop doing that, please please don't talk to me like that, then I'm going to be, uh, I'm just going to have a tone to my voice and it's not going to come across kind and compassionate, you know? Uh, and family can bring out that aggressiveness in me quicker than, uh, that's when my Ferrari really goes into, like, gone. Yep, all the way there. So try, try. And also, know that you don't have to set the boundary. You can literally get up, turn around, and walk away. You can walk away. You can remove yourself. Again, you can go to the bathroom. I, remember, I spent Thanksgiving walking my sister's dogs with my sisters two, three, four times just to get out of tension, a tense place, you know, and I, I missed... I actually missed, in the three years that I've quit smoking cigarettes, I actually missed smoking a cigarette at Thanksgiving because I could have just went outside and stood and smoked my cigarette and internalized everything instead of like exerting effort and having to walk my dogs or my sister's dogs. I don't actually have a dog, but you know what I'm saying? So I kind of missed that and I realized why I smoked cigarettes. It was a release for me. Um, it kept me from screaming and yelling at people. It was a suppression of anger. It was the way I suppressed anger. So now I have a different way to deal with it, and I don't need to smoke cigarettes anymore to release anger. That was my damn hammock that made that noise. I'm getting up. Ooh, that scared me. Okay, another seat. We'll pick another seat. If, if some of you follow me on Instagram, you saw the yoga hammock. I was hanging in it for hours yesterday, just hanging in a cocoon style. And when I got up this morning, one of the um, bars was a little loose. And I try to tighten it up, but I don't think it's in there right. And it just made a click sound. So I just, oh, and I scraped my arm. I just got up and off of that thing faster than uh, I can't even tell you what. So I'll give it a break today. Uh, back to it. Boundaries. Um, saying yes. If you never say no to anything, then when you do say yes, it's probably all the time. You probably say yes to everything because your no is not respected by you or by others. Um, and that's hard to do. So how aggressive or how gentle do you reset your boundary? I guess it's subjective, right? It depends on uh, how many times you've had to reset it. If this is the hundredth time, 
damn, you're getting on my nerves with this. I might need to consider doing it another way, you know? And sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes the only way to get my dad to really pay attention is for things to become a little volatile. And you have to get into a little argument with my dad to get him to take you seriously. Otherwise, he's just going to keep poke, 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 poke. Because he thinks he's funny. He thinks he's kidding around. And it happened today. And he was like, oh, oh, oh. Because I was like, can you stop talking to me like that? And it was very abrupt. Um, when he thinks that I don't know what I'm doing, he snaps into this voice. And he talks to me like I'm three years old. And I'm like, I don't like it. So I had to say to him, don't talk to me like that. And my mom giggled. And when my mom laughs, then he gets even more, like, amped up. Uh, and he realized what he was doing, but then he, like, he kind of flipped it on me and made it seem like it was my fault. And I was like, no, you just talked to me like I was stupid, and I don't appreciate that. Uh, I'm sorry, sunshine, and that's how I know. Then he changes the subject, and then he internalizes things, and he'll circle back in a couple of days, and we'll have a different conversation about it. But he has to settle himself down. What is his tolerance? It's different than mine, you know? So if you can make those allowances, if you can try to meet people where they are, and know that we are all struggling. And sometimes this time of year, that's the other thing. The holidays can be great. Little kids, we were just talking about this in my family um, and at the Horizon Holiday Party about how little kids can make the holidays great. You know, there's such a wonder and excitement and joy in little kids. And then when, what if you don't have kids? First of all, I don't have kids. The holidays are different. We always spent them with my sister. But now the kids are adults, you know, they're uh, one is 19, one is 17, and on the other side, we have a 25-year-old uh, and a 16-year-old. And then, of course, Charlotte. She's not ours, but she's, you know, um, she's 15. So all the kids are adults. No one believes in Santa anymore. And what, there's no, <coughs> excuse me, believing in Santa. Then sometimes the magic or the joy is kind of gone. Um, and things are different. So at that point, traditions changed. We always went to my sister's house for Thanksgiving or Christmas because the kids were little. When I would come back home for the holidays, we went to my sister's because the kids were small. So this year I wanted to do something different because the kids are adults. My parents are getting older. It's a little bit more difficult for them to, you know, come in, the house, in and out of the house comfortably. <coughs> so I said to my dad, can we change the tradition? And the first thing... He sets as a boundary, oh, we can't. Um, Chuck, who's my brother, Chuck won't allow it, the kids. And I said, fuck the kids. Oh, fuck Chuck, Dad. I literally said that to my dad. He goes, whoa. And I was like, she's 19, he's 17. Why do we have to go and sit there? Like, why don't we all come to your house? Why don't we have dinner at your house or my house or somewhere different? You know, it doesn't have to be a big thing. And he, it just, it put him in a spiral. I, I, I went beyond his, I went beyond his, tolerance ability right and oh I don't know and I said okay well why don't we just check why don't uh, I'll call Patty which is my sister or you can call Chuck and the next day he circles back and he said he talked to the boss which meant Chuck and Chuck was fine he Chuck even said the kids are older now uh, they don't need to be home and you know, they don't have the you know there's no lore of Santa there um, so now we're doing my mom was gonna cook and then my dad changed his mind again so now we're all gonna have dinner uh, at a diner in Millsboro, Delaware, which is just a few miles from my parents' house. So that's an interesting shift. And how do you feel about uh, traditions changing? You know, my mom keeps saying Christmas isn't the same, Christmas isn't the same, there's no little kids, there's no little kids. No, mom, I'm 50. You know, my sisters are in their late, late, late 40s as well. I'm not 50 yet, I will be in March. I just, 
I'm putting it there so I can regulate to it, so I can build my tolerance and I don't sound too much like an asshole when I call myself old because it's true and it's not, right? It's perspective. Um, I've lived, also lived a very long life. Anyway, circling back. Boundaries. Changing traditions. And how do you feel about that? Can you be honest? Maybe. Maybe you like it and maybe you don't. Things change and some people can move and flow with that. They can be fluid with it. Um, I just had a memory. My husband's not that fluid with change. You can't sneak anything up on him. Um, some people think this is different and some people think it's normal. Uh, it depends on how you grew up. My mom was a furniture rearranger in the living room. Uh, probably once a week, maybe, maybe a little less than that, maybe every other week, whenever she would clean the house and like full on vacuum, all of that kind of stuff, she would literally rearrange the furniture. Uh, and she did it. She's like, well, we can't afford new furniture and I always want new furniture. She's like, so I just rearrange it so it looks different. So it feels like it's new. And it did, you know, and, and when we, when Chris and I, and his, his parents never did that. His mom never rearranged the furniture. So when we first started living together, we had a little apartment right off of Bells Ferry Road. And I don't know, we'd been there maybe a week or a month. And I was like, I don't I was gonna, I was cleaning. And I decided to rearrange the furniture and he was at work. He came home and <laughs> he had a little bit of a, a mental, I'll call it a mental moment. He freaked out a little bit because everything was in a different spot. And I did not know this about him. It was normal to me. My dad to come home and go, oh, you rearranged the furniture. This looks so good. He walks in the door and he's like, what the hell? What the hell just happened? And my expectation was my dad, oh, you did, this is great. You cleaned, you rearranged the furniture, this looks good. I like it in this position versus blah, 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 blah. And that did not happen. He was annoyed and agitated and upset that I had disrupted um, his like regulation. When he came in, he was used to seeing things a certain way. And then we actually got into a fight over it. And I was mad and I you know, slammed down the boundaries, the harsh ones, I'm never fucking cleaning again, blah, 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 blah. This is bullshit because now he didn't meet my expectation, but I didn't even think about his expectations because I had normalized something that happened in my family. And I thought he was a weirdo. He thought I was a weirdo. And then I talked to a couple of different people and some people grew up where their family rearranged to the living room furniture. And some people did not grow up that way at all. I have another Carol, y'all know Carol. Carol thought I was crazy too. She took Chris's side completely because it's not a way that she grew up. Now, I mean, these are little things that are differences that are causing some conversations, you know, some silly little conversations in the background. But also you can relate that to bigger things. If something is normal to you, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's normal to someone else right um, and that's not good or bad right or wrong it's just influence how did you how did you grow up how did your parents raise you what was your parents influence like where did they learn their parenting skills and where did they learn their holiday traditions uh, one of the great things um, about the United States is we have people from all different backgrounds and we have this way you can look at it you can look at appropriation many different ways you can look at it as mixing all of the cultures that are here and creating a different type of culture that it is maybe like a subculture of all the cultures that we got you can mix indian tradition with chinese tradition and japanese and then the american traditions in and of themselves with italian 
and um, I'm trying to think of all the countries, Canadians, even Canadians come here, Mexicans, there's all so many different nationalities that Cubans, um, people from the Bahamas, all, all over the place come here. There's so many different nationalities that come over to the United States to live. We can make all of those one. And then sometimes people get upset because now it's seen as stealing their tradition. But if they're here, there's a heavy, where I live in Frederick, there is a big Indian population. This is a commuter town for DC and for Baltimore. So IT, things like that. So it is a very uh, densely populated Indian. We've got Indian restaurants all over the place. So why wouldn't I incorporate some of that into my Americanized self? I like some of the Indian aspects, some of the colors, some of the spices, some of the foods. So I sort of bring that in a little bit. And some people say, no, but that's not okay. But I think if, if it's in your circle and it's what you're doing every single day, and it's something that you're trying to shift to bring more culture into your life, I don't think that it's a bad thing. Now, the true definition of appropriation is not what I'm giving. You know, I'm giving kind of like a generalized. Uh, but to make profit off of that would be different. Right, that would be true appropriation of another culture, and that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to incorporate uh, different cultures into mine, not to make it one, but to make mine, I don't know, a little more colorful, a little, a little more, do I say better, a little more advanced? I don't know, a little more accepting of different things, I think. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention, a lot of people. Uh, or joyous around the holiday and they get very excited and it's happy times happy times happy times but what about the other end of that spectrum you know I was talking to my cousin Mike who has it's so funny the year I moved down to Georgia in 1994 from New Jersey to Georgia in 1994 I lived down there until this year so I lived down in uh, northern uh, suburbs of Atlanta for 27 years and this year I moved back now my entire family stayed in New Jersey some migrated to northern states, Delaware, Virginia, things like that, but they're all still in the upper northeast, right? Um, this year, the year that I moved back, my cousin and his family moved down to Tifton, uh, Georgia, which is about four hours from where I'm living, but still the crossover uh, is pretty, um, I don't know, the universe with that, him moving out of New Jersey and me moving back up north and is always saying we wanted to cross paths as adults, and we have more so now than ever. But anyway, circling back, him and I had a conversation about how happy most people are during the holidays and he said not me and I said me neither and we just looked at each other and we have a lot of sadness surrounding there's a lot of tragedy there's a lot of um, trauma in my family there's a lot of a lot of things that we don't necessarily talk about or are upfront and open about but there's a suicide uh, that took place um, 10 days before Christmas and that was 19 years ago 19 years ago the year that I turned 40 and this year I'm 49 and it was his sister that um, took her life 19 years ago. And we can't help but think about it. It was 10 days before Christmas, so the funeral was right before Christmas. I remember my niece was just born. She was out in a little car, car, car seat carrier. We were dragging her around everywhere. She doesn't have any um, memory of this person's life that is no longer now. She only knows her from pictures. It would have been her aunt, you know. Um, I guess second aunt, second cousin, something like that, my cousin, so however you want to shake that out in your family tree. But to deal with things like that and to try and put that aside and to be happy, I don't know that that is, it's doable. I think, I don't, I don't, I don't know that, that it, it needs to be done that way to separate the sad and the happy and why can't they 
cross over and be more fluid and you take it moment by moment because I'm not sad anymore every day that she's gone. But when that anniversary comes up, when I see my cousin, when I see her living children, her daughter looks exactly like her, doesn't sound anything like her, doesn't act anything like her, but just the, the vision of her, it is, it is dead on balls accurate, y'all. And it's, it's hard because it brings, it brings things up and that's the things that we have to sit with. Um, and not wallow in, not let it drag you down, but see if you can feel it. Breathe it in and see if you can see how it feels in your body. And then maybe release it. Feel it if it has an emotional quality to it, if it makes you laugh. Sometimes people laugh in sadness and people cry in sadness. Sometimes people just need to sit in a wall in sadness. Have you ever tried to sit with grief or sadness? Um, and if you have it, maybe you try. It's a tolerance, right? It's an emotion, so you build a tolerance for it. I can sit in sadness and grief for long periods of time. Not that I wallow, but I don't have any trouble expressing my sadness and my grief anymore. I used to. What I struggle with now is taking in joy and happiness. My tolerance for that is limited. I'm working on it. Every time I feel it hit my body, it rattles my chest, joy, and it fills me up so quickly that it's an overwhelming sensation in my body. And grief and sadness feels different. It hits me lower in my body. Joy and happiness hits me right in the chest, right in the heart, right in the lungs. And it fills my body so much that my body feels tight like I'm going to explode. And I have to like calm down from that. Grief and sadness hits me in my lower body, my hips, like my low back will hurt, my body will feel heavy, and I'll feel weighted down. And I have to just sit with that grief. For me, I can't lift grief. It has to lift itself. Sometimes it takes weeks, sometimes it takes days, and it may not be consecutive amounts of time. It could be a day here, a day there, an hour here, an hour there, a minute here, a minute there. I'm always good for crying in the shower. As soon as I drop my head back, to like wet my hair or wash it or whatever. As soon as my head drops back, it's some kind of trigger. If I'm holding any sort of sadness or grief, as soon as it drops back, I can cry in the shower. I'm also good uh, crying and driving. Driving and crying was a pretty popular band when I was 25 years younger. Uh, so yeah, see if you can sit with your emotions and build that tolerance. And it's okay. If you're sad around the holidays, does it have to be wrong? Do you have to be wrong for being sad around the holidays? Do you have to be wrong or right for being happy around the holidays? You know, uh, when you don't have a tolerance for the far ends of what you're feeling, that's when you need to build it for me. Because if someone is sad around the holidays, don't bring that negative energy in here. That's no space. What if someone is actually sad? What if I was so sad and I didn't let happy people into my life? Everybody sees like the happy, you know, puppy bouncing in and everybody wants to be joyous like that, but some people don't have space for it. Um, and some people are still holding grief. So let's see if we can, I don't know, maybe be fucking kind to each other during the holidays. Or maybe just year round, y'all. Maybe just smile. Pick your head up once in a while. Look at people, you know. Um, I was, I, I went into a grocery store unmasked today. Because uh, most stores here in Maryland are not, you're not masking up. But this one particular grocery store, I was like, oh, everybody's masked up. Like, 
75 to 85 percent of the people were masked up and everybody in a mask was looking at me you know the look when you're in a mask and someone's not i've all i've given it and i've received that look especially at the beginning of the pandemic and i was just like oh these people are pissed off at me that i'm not wearing a mask but there wasn't a sign on the door but in the in the music i hear the music stop and a commercial comes on and it says that it's required we require that you wear a mask while shopping on in our in, on our premises or in our store or whatever it was and i thought oh well shit and the people that were looking at me terrified or pissed off, however they were looking at me, I was just looking at them back and I would smile. Yeah, I don't have a mask on, but it's still optional at this point. There's no mandate. And I feel like we've all been shitty to someone out there. I'm speaking, I say we, I have been shitty to people in both situations. I've thought people were stupid for not wearing one. And I've also thought people were stupid for wearing one. I've been on both sides and I don't truly know where I stand. I am to a certain degree a rule follower. Uh, but now that I've gotten COVID and my body has handled it February of this year, I feel a little differently. The mask didn't keep me from contracting it. Um, and I got knocked down pretty good. And I also gave it to my husband. So now that I'm on the other side of that, I feel a little differently. If a man mask mandate goes in place, of course, because I am typically a rule follower, I will wear my mask when I am in some space that I do not own, right? That's not mine. I will be courteous of that. And I hope others will too. But I will also respect the choice for people to not, and I will do my best to not be, you know, such a bitch or such in my my own state of mind and my influence that I can't see another perspective. We were talking about, we talked about so much stuff at the holiday, at the holiday party at Horizon. We also talked about how when people get scared uh, or overwhelmed uh, or overstimulated that they can get kind of feral. Humans can become feral when they are overstimulated, scared, or overwhelmed. And I say that in general to all humans and about all humans because I've experienced that not only from my personal perspective, but I've also watched it happen with other people. And I'm not saying that it's wrong or right, good or bad, or that you have to change it. I'm just saying no, that humans can act feral. And in this time of the year can bring it out. At the end of the year, there's so much going on. People are trying to get home. People don't know how to deal with their fucking family. There's just, you know, the world starts spinning and it's moving fast. You know, that's 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 a lyrics from an outcast song. Your world starts spinning and it's moving fast. So you 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 have to slow down. <laughs> I say that really fast and I think, hmm, listen to what you're saying. You do need to slow down. You as in me, I need to slow down. I need to take a breath. And I need to turn more inward to find my kindness and compassion for everyone around me that could be struggling through the holidays. You know, and of course, if you want, just fucking bypass everything. Set the hard boundary and say no. Or say yes and then this, don't show. What works for you? You know, what truly works for you? What do you need to find some happiness? Maybe even, dare I say, <laughs> something that I can't take into much of joy during the holiday season, regardless um, of your per personal circumstances or what you've got going on as far as sadness or grief in your life circling the holidays. Can you find just a little bit of joy? I don't know. I'm going to try. I know that rainbow wreath that I put uh, posted on Instagram today, the picture of yoga underscore bitches, if anyone wants to follow me on Instagram. It's private, so I'll have to accept you. But if you friend request me, I will accept you.
<coughs> Excuse me. So, feel your feelings. Set some boundaries. And take both of those with a grain of salt. Because know that I struggle to do both. Um, and sometimes just saying yes and hiding under the covers is exactly what I do. So, do what feels right for you. Hopefully you make it through the holidays unscathed and without harming too many others out there. Uh, at least physically. A little verbal attack here and there. You know, we've all, I've, I've, I've been guilty of that physical attack once. And that was it. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that's it. Um, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Hanukkah's already gone. I got schooled in that. Thanks, David, uh, for letting me know that you were not only Jewish, but I done already missed the Jewish holiday. So for the Jewish people out there, uh, my bad, I guess. I don't know. Can you say, I wouldn't say Merry Belated Christmas to someone, so I wouldn't say Merry Belated or Happy Belated Hanukkah, but uh, you know what I'm saying and all the other celebrations out there. Now I'm just babbling and I sound crazy, so I'm going to cut it short. I don't know if Hannah and I will be back together next week. Or the following. It just depends if <laughs> we can get our shit together. All right, you guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye.